0: Hey guys, uh, this is Josh from Josh, Jen, and Ed, and right now you are wondering why there's a new episode of Gleeful in your Gleeful podcast feed, but it is not a new episode of Gleeful. It's actually a new show that Jen and Ed and I have been putting together. We're very excited about it, and it's called Beatdown. We're so excited, in fact, that we wanted to uh, share it with you, so uh, if you have some time, please take a listen, and we hope you subscribe on iTunes and other ways people subscribe to things. And drop us a line. I hope to hear from you all very soon and enjoy Beatdown. Welcome to Beatdown, a musical battle royale from Josh, Jen, and Ed. Each week on Beatdown, we will choose a theme, and our panelists will bring a song that they think is the ultimate representation of that theme. They'll argue the merits of the song, from the artist to the craft, the lyrics, the melody, and their own emotional connection to it, until you, the listener, are charged to vote on which song was the best. I am your host, writer, podcaster, and code monkey, Josh Burnell, and joining this me- week and every week because she's signed legally binding paperwork to do that <laughs> is artist, event planner, and formerly my co-host on the Gleeful Podcast, Jennifer Lane. Good evening, Jennifer.
1: <laughs> Good evening, Josh.
0: Should I say it the way I used to say it? Good evening, Jennifer. I like it. I Brings like me it. right back. And also joining us because he's one of my favorite people on the planet and knows more about pop modes. Yeah, see the first podcast i'm already messing it up and knows more about pop music than most of the creators of pop music writer chemist <laughs> and our other co-host on the once and mighty king gleeful podcast it's edward giodano good evening ed hey what's up man we <laughs> have not done this in so long
2: yeah. I'm excited to make podcasts great again. I really am. <laughs> oh my god!
0: <laughs> it took us. It took us a minute. Ed it took yeah, us a minute. Had to go there, to didn't you? Joke. Didn't you go? <laughs> Have you? See, I know Ed well enough to know he he came up with that like two months ago, and he's like, "I'm gonna crush this." <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs>
1: oh my
2: gosh, he's totally blushing. <laughs> oh, it's true. I did not. I, did, I was thinking I was like, what oh, can I say that's super clever? I was like, oh, that's what I'm saying.
0: So uh, we are we are back. You may have heard us before. Uh, we're going to put this first episode on the Gleeful Podcast feed for listeners of the Gleeful Podcast, and we're going to work on a little uh, surprise special gift for our old li- Gleeful Podcast listeners. But the three of us hosted a podcast about the TV show Glee for uh, six years. Is how long we spent six doing that. Six years. Six long years. Crazy we pants. talked about Glee. Um, It's funny, I was telling somebody this story the other night And he was like, man, you must have really loved that show And I was like, you'd think (laughs) There (laughs) were were days (laughs) There were lots of emotions That's the right word
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely um, Definitely emotions Like with anything that you do for six years You get your highs, you get your lows It's just, uh You see it through to the end, though.
0: And we lived and died by Glee. Like, when Glee was successful, we were successful. When Glee was good, we were good. Uh, There were definitely some episodes where we were certainly scraping the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Uh, But this show will be a little different. So this is something that I've wanted to do for a while, and I've been telling Ed about it, and... This is what we're going to do each week. We're going to have a theme and we're each going to bring a song and argue why our song is the ultimate representation of that theme. And then you, the listeners, will have the opportunity to vote on uh, on who was the best. And then uh, that person gets bragging rights and they get to drink Yoohoo and uh, they probably get to I don't know. I'll buy do a, a do an of end zone gum. dance. Yes, Jennifer's going to buy everybody gum. Yep.
1: Everybody gets gum.
0: And a lot of this was inspired by one of my favorite things during the Gleeful podcast was talking to you two about the <laughs> music on the Gleeful podcast because yeah. you cannot find three people that love music as much as we do and see it so wildly differently mm. as the three of us. And so I thought it'd be fun to just kind of take a little minute and just kind of discuss our 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 emotions our connection to music in the future we're going to take this time to discuss about which song won the competition last week but since we don't have a song to discuss um we'll just go around a little bit and ed do you want to tell me a little bit about your connection to music when you first really uh uh, found a love for it and uh you know maybe something even as stupid as like what is your favorite song
2: um okay well i'm thinking about like my formative music that that like really impacted everything i saw and i talked about this process most likely in the gleeful podcast but um the first two cds i received i received them together was gritty spears baby one more time and <laughs> steve miller band greatest hits and i feel like those two albums have like really dictated all my perspectives from music there on out
0: wow so you're really into um Overproduced pop songs that are vaguely about abuse and uh really stoner Central California pseudo country. I oh, know uh, no, I've, done, I've done, actually <laughs> I had both of those on CD and they're both fantastic albums, and I will stick up for that Steve Miller man greatest hits.
2: That's a great record. I mean, those were that was a like, really great gift, and I remember like like being like uh three, four and uh achy break your heart was big at the time. It was big. And, and I, and I was uh, and I was like loving it. I was like I I remember like by the by the second time the chorus came around I was singing along probably very incorrectly which is not too <laughs> indifferent than the first time I hear a song now that I'm super into, um, and I was just like like this like this is what pop music is like, you don't even know it, but you think you know it and you're doing it. And like, that's what I, that's what I, like as a three-year-old, I wasn't thinking that, but it like later as, as I processed that. And, and I still remember the day that I realized when I was watching a commercial that someone like made the commercial. And I was like, wow, I was like five or six at that. And I was like blown by that. Like someone did this.
0: <laughs> uh, have you ever seen Steve Miller in concert? Ed? No, it's, it's My first- very strange. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say my first concert was uh, uh, Garth Brooks. Just for really? Record.
0: Where did you see Garth Brooks?
2: Uh, I saw him at the United Center. In what? Uh, on and what tour? You?
1: Yeah. And
0: how old were you?
2: I don't know, but he, but he broke his leg at that concert. So that's probably but, like. But crazy. roughly, you, sure were, you,
1: you were high school. Um,
2: I, no, 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 no. I was like twelve ish. Oh wow. Maybe less. Probably okay. less. Probably less. Wow, and he like broke 98? his leg at
0: the concert, and that's. Do you remember what album mm-hmm. he was touring on? Oh God, no, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's I amazing. don't. Really, I don't
2: know any Garth Brooks albums now, so.
0: oh i know all of them um actually he just put out a new one i don't know that one so i haven't heard that one uh jennifer same question to you and i think ed had a great uh point there so if you'd like to tell us a little bit about your connection to music and what was your first concert
1: okay so you know i always enjoyed music um i was more into um you know studio art or, or like drawing art more than musical art so you know You know, drawing and painting was something I could visualize. Music always kind of um, was this, you know, mysterious, ethereal thing that I'm like, how do people see different melodies or or understand it and process it in their brain? So I never really, you know, I just, it was just kind of always this, you know, mysterious thing to me. And, you know, in in junior high and high school, of course, I listened to everything that my friends listened to because that's all we did and all we knew. Um, and I don't think it was until my after I graduated from high school, the summer between my senior year in high school and freshman year in college, I worked at a little record store, uh, small New England, Strawberries Records and Tapes. Yes, still records and still tapes. And um, I was exposed to everything. It was kind of amazing. My manager was really into Bruce Springsteen and also introduced me to Joe Jackson. And I was, well, not personally, but, you know, just, just this whole like, pop jazz you know thing like it wasn't just the you know the same 10 songs played on loop for 24 hours a day um but then at that point I also started listening to you know it was then called new wave which I guess now is alternative or you know pop punk or whatever so um once once I started to realize that there was like endless opportunities and types of music that's when i really started to you know explore and i never shared cds with my friends again because they were all still listening to you know madonna and prince and janet which is fantastic i still did but um i went in a totally different direction
0: I remember one of our, our first conversations about music. You were like, "I really like Alphaville," and <laughs> I, to, like I was like, "The band that did Big in Japan." And you said, "Wow, everybody else says Forever Young," and I was like, "They did Forever Young." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was really big in commercials yes. in the you know um, early mid two thousands. So so yeah, but um, <laughs> but that said, my very first concert. I was fifteen years old. Uh, my high school girlfriends and I took the train into downtown Boston. We went to the Orpheum, which is this tiny little music hall and we saw john cougar so wow note i said john cougar not john Mellencamp, or not even john cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> it was his pink houses tours and it was amazing was he
0: still john cougar on the pink houses tour yeah. that's crazy yeah
1: oh and he even had you know he had the ladder and they you know when you know and the walls come tumbling down he did that whole thing that's hilarious. he did all of that live on the stage it was wow. it was pretty fantastic but, we should
0: yeah. totally have a week where we just Talk about how much I dislike John Cougar. So, let's. Uh, <laughs> I would say, my uh, my first concert of all random things was actually John Denver on the Higher Ground tour. Oh. I think I was twelve,
1: and you. Um, but you were really into John Denver because your parents were really into him.
0: Yes, uh, the the my mother's on a John denver record which we can Mm -hmm. talk about at some point but um yes i was a huge john denver fan as a child and he was touring on the higher ground album which as a kid i thought was the pinnacle of american music Mm -hmm. and now as a grown-up i'm like yeah kind of terrible uh Wild fun fact, he also did a TV show called Higher Ground, which was essentially Walker, Texas Ranger, starring John Denver. Where <gasps> but he, was like, he a pilot cop? Karate kicked people. He was a, he was a pilot. Yeah. Oh, yes. He was a pilot, and he flew to Australia to catch uh, drug dealers, John Denver. Um, but yeah, I, wow. I, I've kind of always been a music nerd. I know a big part of it was an, when I was a kid, I was really sick. And uh, so I would spend a lot of time with my parents' records because it was kind of like company. And the only radio station that really came in at my house was uh, KODJ, I think it was called. And it was all Motown. So I was really obsessed with Motown as a kid, but I didn't know that was old music. I thought that was new music. Uh, And yeah. And so I would say it really kind of started there. My mother says that she used to dance around with records Uh, Dance around with me with records when I was a kid because my dad wasn't around and so would keep her company Um, He was working. It's not like he left, but uh, (laughs) they're still together. But anyway uh, Yeah, you know music has just always been a part of my life Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to have the opportunity to talk about it with you guys every Mm -hmm. week um, so we're going to go around and we're going to talk about the theme And then we're each going to go around and uh, present our song Which we feel is the ultimate representation of that theme uh, And the theme this week is songs about beginnings uh, You know, it's a it's a new year, it's a new season, it's a new podcast We are back here today And our theme this week is songs about beginnings And so I'm going to turn over it, turn it over to you, Ed, to go first Please tell us your song and tell us why it is the ultimate song about beginnings.
2: Okay, I don't know if it's the ultimate song about beginnings, but it's a song that really resonated with me when I thought about beginnings. Um, It is Little Victories by Blue Sky Riders, which is Kenny Loggins' uh, music trio band. And what I really liked about this song is that it, the, the framing of it is right after this uh, this guy's divorce and everything in his life is shattered and like all these things are going wrong and then he's like wanting to turn to cigarettes and alcohol and just give up and like throw it all away he's like what's the point of going on but then he like realizes through the mundanity of things that like it's gonna be okay like, like everything isn't the end and he's like beginning anew and I really like that sense that like uh like like carrying on and restarting like having like a fake restart on your life
3: friday night alone and calling everyone you know you're reaching for the cigarettes you gave up long ago you wanna go get drunk somewhere Turn it off and just not care for a little while You're running over what went wrong for the hundredth time today You wonder if another thought will ever take its place You're feeling like you're trapped inside your own bad dream One that's never gonna end But here's the funny thing the friend You feel like you're gonna die But you don't You think that The sun comes up, it's another day, and your heart still beats, and you say, hey, I'm still breathing. Take it from me, these little victories are all a heart needs.
0: Now, the interesting thing about that song, Ed, Why I find it kind of uniquely applicable to us today is it it isn't a beginning from scratch as much as it's like a starting over song, which is kind of fun. Um, And also (laughs) that uh, Kenny Loggins, like the second he kicks in in the background on the hook, I'm like, Oh, there's Kenny Loggins. (laughs) Yep. You can't mistake that guy's voice. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: Um, But uh, what is your history with this band? Uh, Do you know this one song or do you really like, I, I like
2: really became obsessed with this song I was trying to like psychoanalyze why why when you said beginnings in like 30 seconds well not 30 seconds later but like very soon after that I was like oh this song I was like what about this song and like possibly it's probably coming from like a divorce household which is like everyone in America and um and I also really like this idea of starting over because I was like so there's so few things in life you can control but you could really control your framing of the situation so I, I and like I that like that comp- Concept really resonates with me. And of like, of course it's like a, a catchy pop melody that's simple. And now now you heard that my first concert was Garth Brooks and this was the first song that I brought to the table. So now you think I'm like this like, like steeped in country lover, which is right. not <laughs> true. But I, I mean, I, I'm not a country hater. So, uh, so in the Venn diagram of like people, especially of my age range, that probably puts me a country lover just by not being a hater, So <laughs> so. Well this is go. the
0: most Kenny this is the most country Kenny Loggins ever was, is on this on this record he did with the Blue Sky Riders. Mm. And then the other two people in the band, uh Georgia What's her name? I think I looked her up, actually. Um, Georgia Middleman is her name. She's a country backup singer. And then Gary Burr, who wrote like some Garth Brooks songs. He wrote One Night a Day for Garth Brooks. He wrote a Kelly Clarkson song, actually. Um, but so, yeah, this is a very like Nashville record. Um, and so it's interesting. You, I've, you've never struck me as like a big country fan.
1: Yeah, no, I was actually really surprised when I saw that this was your choice. I just expected, you know, something poppier, dancier. Um, and this is just, it, it, it is, it's beautiful. Oh. I'm not a huge fan of country, but mostly because I had very little exposure to it. I've always enjoyed the, you know, the storytelling element of it. It made it very easy to follow along. But the more that I did listen to some country, I was like, yeah, oh, they're all saying the same story. <laughs> well, But and this is really be, pretty.
0: Yes. If you were going to complain about <laughs> this, is it that unique of a country story? Or does it, it like? Ed, do you see it as a unique country story, or does it just so resonate with you that that it uh, that it that it makes? I it mean, unique? I I
2: don't I don't know if it's like I don't know if the like not this like sense of reframing. I feel like that that angle on it is kind of new to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably so. Like as as I was explaining, I was like, oh, is that why? So I I really think like it's literally. The 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 sense of the the main characters are taking to reframe their life,
1: and also it's it's very it's a very pretty ballad. It's not um you know growing up again, having really no exposure. Um, I expected country to be more honky tonk and you know more twangy, and this is just a, a a lovely song. And you know I mean I guess if you stripped out certain instruments and just listened to it, it, it could totally be. You know, on any you know radio station, it wouldn't have to just be a country. You you give
2: you give this song to Avicii and it's a dance pot hit. Like, like this <laughs> yeah. is yeah. let's like, not it's do just a that good song. That me. sounds like, the terrible. Melodies.
1: I was thinking like more like <laughs> a Sarah Bareilles, but okay.
0: Oh no! I just when da- when Avicii like makes dance songs out of country, it just annoys me.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't well, know that was an I actual mean, thing. Sorry. Like 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 there's there's no
2: denying that Hey Brother and Wake Me Up were huge. Hits and yeah. that uh, they they're just country songs. Yep, yeah. they're country songs with the Avicii dance beat. Yes, and other things of course. But I'm um, like, you like this is just a great song. It doesn't really matter what genre lens you put it through. It's gonna be a great song.
0: All right, we're gonna have to get meaner, Jennifer, because right yeah, now yeah, right? it's just
2: walking away with it. We're just, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> all well, right. Of course, I'm walking. I'm walking away. One of zero. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Jennifer. Yeah, he's only you're battling
1: up. himself at this point. <laughs> present your
0: uh, <laughs> present your song. Your your song about a beginning.
1: Okay, my song choice is "Home Again" from Michael Kiwanuka and he is if you don't know who he is please please seek him out um his debut album came out in 2012 and i think it was probably shortly after that that i discovered him and was so happy um he's uh described as british soul but you know also folk or folk rock um you know inspired by marvin gay curtis mayfield bill withers who is one of my all-time favorites and but also you know on the other spectrum kind of you know van morrison and the temptation so fantastic fantastic artist and uh so home again was his debut album and um uh, then his title song home again and it's a little different kind of like similarly to yours it's not about um like a, a, a a you know a new venture on something. It's more of um, a a return, a rebuilding, a regrouping. A very hopeful song. Um, I think the first time I heard it, the thing that struck me about it was um, this sweet sadness, which, you know, if you had listened to us uh, in our former lives, you know I'm a fan of the melancholy. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, having been through you know different phases in my life where I felt a little lost and uh to 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 then look back and you know know that okay I can go home again um I know it'll be okay I know it's going to be good not not you know not the physical home but just kind of regroup start over and um so that's what it to me and uh you know not to not to uh, get too involved in 2016. It was, it was a tough year for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons all across the board. And to me, this also has the kind of reminiscence of the, the, the folk, not really protest songs, but uh, inspirational songs that came out in the early 70s, you know, when our country was at war.
4: Born again, born again one day I know I feel home again. Wrong again. Wrong again. One day I know I feel strong again. Lift my head. Many times I've been told all oh, this talk will make you. So I'll close my eyes or look
2: behind me, moving on When I first heard uh the or when, I, when, I, when it was originally just mine and Josh's songs that I knew, I was like, oh, I'm gonna run away with this. And then <laughs> Jen then I saw Jen's song yes. and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh
1: this, is a, this is like actual competition I was <laughs> that I, Okay, I will say, you uh, know I was I was hoping to be the ringer in this whole thing because you guys are both so so knowledgeable, so opinionated and so vocal. When we were doing, you know, the Glee podcast, I was sort of like, yeah, you know, and I and I, I, you know, I I had my opinions. But to me, it was more about uh, contextually, like how it fit into the story and what, you know, the different, you know, characters, if they if it was, you know, one of those scenes where they were, you know, trying to tell their story or share their feelings. Um, So, yeah, for this one, I just love it. Um, It's funny because I have two different types of pick me up albums or or stations that I listen to when I'm at work and you know one is just like I'll go to something like you know Larue, like I just need something like you know poppy yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and like dancey.
2: Hopefully, you listen to album two of Larue sometimes.
1: Oh, of course, yes, yes. It's, no okay. one listens I, to but, album
2: but, two well, by Larue. No, okay, but well,
1: No <laughs> one's ever heard that record. SexoTech Tech is
2: fantastic. But because <laughs> but
1: because it comes up randomly in my Pandora, and I I you know thumbs up everything. But um,
4: okay. I'll uh, I'll you think. know,
1: <laughs> but um, but then you know there's the more the more quiet soulful inspirational like the like this one that just you know it just kind of like it grounds me in a way emotionally where I feel okay it's gonna be okay. Um I can do this and it gives me this the, you know, the motivation and strength to just uh yeah keep keep moving on. So it not <laughs> not to steal the line from, you know, the thing. But yeah, so much of the song. I mean again I've I've I had some, you know, points in my life where things weren't going so great, and I didn't have this song then. But had I had it then, it might have made it a little easier at that time.
0: I mean, I I I do like this song. I don't. I would. I don't want to say anything bad about me, Michael Kimanuka. I love his new record. Oh, it's amazing. Songs of Love and Hate. Check I think, it is out. Yes. Perfection. It's like it's like the Pretty best by record Mouse I saw. What's that? Oh yeah, Daniel I saw Mouse, that. Hit yeah.
2: Danger Mouse.
0: <laughs> yeah, Danger Mouse produced the new one. This oh. one was produced by actually I looked it up um, but uh, I, you know the new one is like the best record Curtis Mayfield never wrote like mm. the new one it, it it's like this crazy mix of like 60s protest music and 70s soul mm-hmm. and uh, there's, there's these moments where I'm like I feel like I'm watching like a spaghetti western soundtrack <laughs> like the new one's unbelievable. This album to me is just kind of like a I, I feel like it's kind of a second rate Bill Withers record. I <gasps> mean, I don't want to. I mean, this is a lovely song, but I wish he had more pers- more point, like more kind of like something to say about it. Uh, I, I I'm getting I'm I'm looking for like like where does how does it resonate with you like in a specific way, or is it just that it, it's just what you need in the moment?
1: Um. Well, no. I mean, the, the whole idea of you know just being you know emotionally lost. And you know, um it, just being in these these times where you know you have to be reminded it's okay, and so for me, like, oh, I can't I, now that I'm getting a little you know thing, but you know, there's <laughs> certainly was like you know, um, even just okay, so again, after two thousand sixteen, you know we, we've all talked like, okay, what do we need to do to make our lives better in two thousand seventeen, so it's like you know like the whole the whole. Verse many times I've been told speak your mind just be bold so I close my eyes won't look back won't look behind moving on moving on so I'll close my eyes so to me that's that it's kind of that command to regroup do more be better and take control of the situation don't just be hurt and wounded and say. Like, well, gosh darn it, that sucked. Um To me, it's 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 comforting, but also challenging and inspirational in that way.
0: You sold me. Okay, I, mean, I really I like that. Thank you. I, I,
2: what what I think this song lacked in specific details, I think it really delivered with like overall resonance mm-hmm. of of feeling. Yeah, and yeah. I think. And it, it really allows you to attach yourself to it. Like the second I heard it, I was like, oh, like, oh, this is a really solid song. Yeah. Right. Jennifer <laughs> plays. Right <laughs> now. Well, thank you. And I, and
1: I mean, I know, like, I, I'm sure I'll, I will I have, you know, certain artists that I have in my back pocket that I'm going to use, you know, at any given time. But like, it reminds me kind of like of Elliot Smith in the way that his songs are so specific to an emotion, but general to a situation that I feel like it always is going to mean something to me. And That's a
0: beautiful way to describe Elliot Smith. That's <laughs> possibly the best way I've heard anyone describe Elliot Smith.
1: Thank you. <laughs> so, so this was very much in that vein, but also, you know, I'm oh, I just it just makes me feel good.
0: Awesome. Well, that is Home Again by Michael Kiwanuka from the album Home Again, which if you've not heard Home Again the the album, it's a great album, but Songs of Love and
2: Hate is like So that. start with Home That's Again not,
1: and then go to I another.
2: love it. <laughs> I'm really excited about the prospect of this podcast in general for both me expanding my Spotify play- playlist and like for finding songs to destroy you both with and what, <laughs> what you'll bring to the table for me. Yeah. Like I'm kind of like I'm excited. Um, I'm, I may be ready for Songs of York week, for example. Maybe. Songs
0: of Bjork? Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'd be an interesting theme. Um, well, yeah. No, I, I have a Spotify playlist that has these three songs in it. And I think, uh, you know, we're, uh, we can all share our Spotify playlist. I got mm-hmm. pretty into Spotify this month. So uh, we can all share our Spotify playlist as we're going forward. So, um, so you both know what my selection is, but the listeners don't know what my selection is. And it's funny that Ed was slagging off my selection in a minute or a few minutes ago, because my selection is going to kill you both. There's no I, way. You can hold up about this, all right? So, I'm excited to hear what Ed has to say. Defend it, defend it. I'm gonna make my case, I'm gonna make my case, and then Ed, I'm super excited to hear what you have to say because I don't think you can beat Nina Simone.
1: Okay, and my the only reason I'm siding with Josh on this right now is this was my
0: this was your pick. This was until my, you found out I picked it.
1: Right. And and but I had gone through a couple of other ones and Home Again was one of them. And then this was going to be my selection until Josh showed it to me and I was like, okay, fine, you have it. But I Well, mean, so
0: uh, let's let me just introduce this. I'm not gonna roll over though. I'm not L- gonna roll over. <laughs> let, we'll introduce this a little bit. So Nina Simone. Um, let's talk a little bit about Nina Simone. Nina Simone gave zero fucks. Nina mm-hmm. Simone was a woman who did not care. And the Beautiful thing about Nina Simone is she was born in '33. She was from North Carolina, from the family of a preacher. Her name wasn't Nina Simone. Her name was actually Eunice uh, Eunice Wayman, uh, but she changed it to Smart Nina. Smart marketing move.
2: Good for her. Yes, <laughs> she changed it
0: to Nina Simone because she was playing "quote unquote" the devil's music, and and she didn't want her family to know about it. She wasn't even a singer when she started. She wanted to be a concert pianist, but she needed to make ends meet, so she was playing in a nightclub and atlantic city and the owner said i'll only pay you if you sing so she started singing it was just everything about her is unconventional and for years nina simone made these kind of standards records he's kind of like pleasant cole porter records and they're great like her early records are awesome but then in 1964, she does this live at Carnegie Hall record and she'd always kind of had like the civil rights mu- movement in her songs or in her live performances, but just not really in her songs. And on this record, she recorded Mississippi Goddamn, which uh, is about uh, uh, the bombings in uh, Alabama. And it was just this moment. It's also about the murder of Medgar Evers. And it was just this moment where she just said it. She just said, like, here's a song, Mississippi Goddamn, which is not the song I I brought to the table tonight. But here's a song about literally about a person who doesn't know what to say. And so they just start rambling. Like, she just starts listing things after a while. And it's just magical. So she puts this song out in 64. And she just changed record labels. And it was kind of like after that, she became the civil rights singer. She became like Nina Simone sings about the black experience and the civil rights movement in America. And so then for a couple albums, she's kind of trying to put the genie back in the bottle. And she does like a bunch of records in 64 and 65, where she's like, I'm just going to do pleasant stuff, but no one could see, like you listen to them now and you're like, Oh wait, we see it now. And so Nina Simone, like she ended up, The the civil rights era was really hard for her by the mid 70s. She's kind of a drunk. She's in a terribly abusive relationship. She's a a terribly abusive person to the people around her. She ends up kind of dying in obscurity in France. I, I think like she died in 2003 and most people thought she had died in the 90s. Like she just kind of disappeared. But when I say like Nina Simone is a woman who gave zero fucks. I don't mean it in the way that, like, rock stars give zero fucks, right? We always say that about rock stars. And, ro- and rock stars give zero fucks because, like, they're so good detached from humanity that they aren't even like on the same plane as we are so they're just like they've kind of lost view of the world at this point point. and then there's this kind of popular concept of like i give zero fucks in 2017 which is this kind of like jaded like i don't care what you think about me i'm gonna wear a sarcastic t-shirt like and a mixture mm-hmm. of like apathy and arrogance which is really popular right now it's not like that she gave zero fucks because i genuinely feel she gave so many fucks in the sixties that she was just broken. Mm -hmm. And you listen to these songs she recorded in like 65, 66, 67. And you can just hear her sucking up all of the pain of this period and putting it in a song and you can hear it in her voice and you can hear it in her playing and you can just hear everything about it. And like for women, like for women is unbelievable as a Mm -hmm. song and like, Uh, Wild as the Wind, like that, that song just, you can't even get through it. It's so good. And so obviously I'm going to play Feeling Good because it is the ultimate song about beginnings, about like starting something. Uh, So let's take a listen to Nina Simone's original recording. I believe she has some live ones, but this is the original recording of Feeling Good.
4: Birds flying high, you know how I feel. some new life on
0: me and I'm feeling good. Did you know that's from a musical? It's it's from a British musical. I had to look this up, which is called The Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. Which we're all super big familiar with, I imagine. <laughs>
1: That's so funny. I mean, I've heard that expression before, but I didn't. I didn't know it was an actual musical.
0: Yeah, uh, it was written by uh, two English uh, <clears throat> musical composers, uh, and Anthony Newley and Leslie. Oh, Anthony Newley, Lule- yes. There you go, um, and it was a Broadway song. She did a lot of Broadway songs, mm. but um, I just. I think it's, I just think it's perfect. It's like this beautiful log. Like mm-hmm. she's, it's a really specific image. She's walking through nature and just realizing she's as free as all the things around her. Yeah. So this is when I'm going to look to Ed and be like, look. I know you've heard this song on every single American Idol ever and there's a great Billy Paul version that's like really the only other version worth paying attention to. I mean, I but I know the
2: song from both American Idol and Muse to be frank. And the Muse
0: version, I actually really like the Muse cover. I think that's a good. Oh yeah, the news game.
2: version is solid. Oh my gosh, solid. I don't. Yeah. I. But like the. I Ma- don't think I've heard that. The
0: Michael Bublé cover can go in a fire. There's actually a D Snyder <laughs> cover. The lead
2: singer of Twisted I mean, Sister did it. <laughs> like Bu- Bublé vanilla, vanilla. He vanilla did. Yeah. Like, oh, of course like, he did. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. So I, think... I mean,
2: it's fine. I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I. I if you like vanilla,
2: I, I like vanilla sometimes.
1: <laughs> we, all, we all like vanilla sometimes. It all it works, but I can't imagine anybody else doing that because her confidence and patience delivering every line in its time with so much feeling i just anybody is doing okay so yes i've obviously seen on american idol all these covers of it but i felt like there was so much forced emotion and and lack of understanding Mm. that it just it, it was very very hollow to me
0: there's also like I love the beginning where she's so patient, and mm-hmm. it's a aca- or it's it's you know acapella, yeah. and then when the music kicks in with those drums mm-hmm. and the, and the strings, it's just sexy. Yeah, she and can feel just her grooving. Like it it makes freedom sexy, and mm-hmm. there's just something empowering about it. I mm-hmm. I found a quote. The guy who wrote the song, when he, it was a part in the show, and they asked, I think it was, I think it was Newly. They said, "This is what we need in the show." And they said, um, "Write a booming song of emancipation," which is just like the best way to describe it. Yeah. It's just magic. And then the whole scat at the end, where she's like, "You guys take a break. I'm gonna go as long as I want, mm-hmm. and you cannot stop me." It's yeah. just great. So yes, I I don't I, think you can hold a candle to Nina Simone's feeling good, but I want to hear what Ed has to say
2: because Ed has some thoughts. I mean, I I mean, I have thoughts. I have thoughts, but I'm actually I'm actually more on your side than I thought I was gonna be. Like I really like the sense of triumph that was throughout the song, and mm-hmm. uh, like I, I really enjoy the jazz elements, and um, am like. I, yeah I I didn't see I didn't understand when I when you sent the song I didn't understand why you were choosing the song I didn't, it didn't it makes sense but now that you give me you given me the context for it I mean I think I think you could kind of like uh at, like reverse engineer what we each think of beginnings in this way like Josh That's a good has point. this overwhelming mm-hmm. like Josh has this overwhelming desire for uh for like happiness that he's afraid to expose or something <laughs> and like and i have like this desire to constantly reframe things and then jen has this desire to like find her like grounding and i feel like, like you could like really see or in, in a reflection of our choices mm-hmm. so i think so there you go i i
0: feel like you Mind just drop. saved me money on therapy
2: like <laughs> that sentence was so accurate <laughs> <laughs>
0: when you like sized I'm up all of our choices feeling a little choices. vulnerable and exposed
1: but yet oddly <laughs> comforted thank you ed
0: <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's go around cuz those are all of our choices does anybody else want to say anything about feeling good before we move on let's go around and ed make make one Uh, great final case and feel free to tell uh, Jen and I why our selections are garbage. Uh, Make one final case for Little Victories by uh, Blue Sky Riders being the ultimate song about beginnings.
2: I feel like of the three songs that were presented today, Little Victories had the most um, on the point lyrical delivery and I guess that's his strongest suit. And I feel and I think you should go for it if you if you were willing to vote for it, because it's it's a little bit of a left to center choice. Like, it's probably not something that would like if you asked 20 people or 100 people, this song probably wouldn't come up. But you ask Ed and this is the one that comes up. <laughs> so there you go. Jennifer,
0: one final case for Home Again by Michael Kiwanuka.
1: OK, um, to uh, to contrast what Ed said, where his is very on the nose mine is so broad and relatable and applicable to to many different people going through many different things and everybody should just know who michael Kimanuka is and just Embrace him.
0: I know. I He was playing in LA. I wanted to see him so bad. He had laryngitis. And he got laryngitis and yeah. canceled his entire US tour. Yeah. And I was so bummed. Very frustrating. That was I one mean, of the shows I desperately wanted to see.
1: That that would have been amazing. That would have been like the, yeah. you know, a fantastic way to end uh, a not so fantastic year. Yeah. But um, so, yes, I, I do think that um, there's a, uh, a, a relatable nature to this song. And I, I, I think that that's why, it is the best beginning song. Uh,
0: well, I, I will just, I, I, don't even think I have to make a case, but I will make a case, and I'll just say, okay, snarky pants. The, the, the uh, I, I, I will just say that. Nina Simone like that's all that's all I can really say every fiber of her being Mm -hmm. when she says freedom she doesn't shout it like Richie Havens she doesn't make a mockery of it like Paul McCartney did on that terrible freedom song that after 9-11 um she just says it and you feel it and I, I guess when you're right you're right Ed when we all kind of talk about beginnings like freedom to me is a beginning It is like, Mm. it's, it's definitely different. And, uh, so I, I think that's beautiful. Um, before we go, I have to tell an amazing story about when I saw Kenny Loggins in concert and I went to the Ventura County fair and we all rushed up to the front of the stage Mm. because the receipts and everyone was sitting down and, uh, and no one in the seats could see because we were all gathered in front of the seats standing at the foot of the stage and I looked back and I was like who is sitting down and it was just a sea of heads of people that couldn't see anything and then sticking up in the middle of the crowd of, of sitting people were my parents who were standing on their chairs with <clears throat> bottles of wine they had snuck in in, was, in, in water bottles yeah. it <laughs> was like the most <laughs> definitive moment of my parents Aww. Kenny Loggins
1: uh,
0: he is an American treasure I actually was super impressed when you brought that in I was like like, That's the Kenny Loggins mm-hmm. band.
1: That's so cool. I've actually seen him live as well. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah. At an event One of our events <laughs> He performed awesome. Yes
0: Well now uh, Now dear listeners It is time for you to vote On which of our songs Is the best song About beginnings That you heard this week You can vote on Twitter By tweeting us At BeatdownPod You can email us At BeatdownPodcast At gmail.com Or you can tell us On Facebook At facebook.com Slash And let us know What you think Is the ultimate song About beginnings And it goes without saying You'll want to tell us All the songs That we forgot about And were terrible (laughs)
1: well i mean we
2: can't we can't forget about
1: like we're picking three songs
2: like yeah exactly we're just picking our favorite one right yeah i
1: was like please share your favorite ones and just know i had two backups and you know josh took one so um Yeah, there you go. I'm uh, I'm defensive already. We
0: will be back (laughs) next week. Next week, our theme is going to be songs that have won Song of the Year at the Grammys in honor of the Grammys telecast, which is coming up very soon. We will have a guest. We don't know who that guest will be, but uh, we will tell you when we know. Uh, Jennifer, people want to find you on the social medias. Where should they look?
1: Um, Well, I suppose I'm on Twitter at Jenny B. Creative. I am on Instagram at Jenny B. Creative i guess i guess that's pretty much oh facebook but um pretty much everything i do is generated through instagram i'm all about the visuals so uh i like to tell my stories in um ambiguous confusing and sometimes um you know amusing (laughs) photos so that's where i'd say to go
0: and uh ed where can people find you if they want to follow you on the medias
2: if you want to follow me, I met um previously. Actually, still sometimes, occasionally, it's like uh, motivational things that I say slash a lot more uh, political lately. So there you go, as a warning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very observational. That's what I've noticed lately. More than more than any, more than say political. Like I, I've noticed um, the shift to observational. <laughs>
0: And, Ed, do you want to plug any of your other podcasts?
1: You're welcome. Uh, I
2: I don't have any podcasts right now besides this one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Shockingly.
0: (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Burnell, B-U-R-N-E-L-L. I have a short story that I published. Uh, It's called After the Giant. You can find it in an anthology called After the the Happily Ever After on Amazon. It's available in uh, hardcover and ebook. So you okay. should all go buy oh, that. Oh,
2: omg! Is yeah. this is this uh, the the dreaded SP word somehow, or or is there publisher involved? No, oh, it's, oh it's an actual publisher. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. Um, I mean,
2: like. Like, is it Big Five, I guess?
0: No, it's not Big question. Five. No, it's a boutique publisher. Small press. Yeah, it's small, small press. press. But uh, but yeah, it's Transmundane Press is what they're called. And uh, yeah, you can find my short story and lots of other short stories. They're all dark fairy tales, which take place after uh, fairy tales that you know and love. It's like the dark side of fairy
1: yeah. tales. So it's very funny. Which my again, my, some very of nice. my favorite things. Uh,
0: and so until we uh, meet again, uh, I've been Josh. I'm Jen. I've been Ed. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) We'll talk to everybody next week for another Beatdown. Good night, everyone. Good night. Beatdown is a production of Us and is recorded in Studio O, better known as The Office Attached to Our Garage. The theme song is Optimism by the Numbers by Brian Lerner and is used with his wine-addled permission. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a review on iTunes, it helps others find the show, and spreads the word that I can go on way too long about anything when given the opportunity. The music clips we discuss in this podcast are used in compliance with the U.S. Copyright Act Fair Use Exemption for Criticism and Commentary. If you'd like to listen to the songs we talked about this week in their entirety, visit us on Twitter at BeatdownPod, online at BeatdownPodcast.com, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash beatdownpodcast.